Hello, welcome to the Moments of Joy podcast. My name is Camille Joy, and I'm the host of this podcast, and I want to thank you and welcome you to the show. This is a place where I desire to encourage and uplift everyone that comes on the show. We go through a lot of hard times in life, different things, ups and downs, and this podcast really highlights topics and guest testimonies that are sure to leave you focused on the glory of God. It will leave you believing that anything is possible. So I want to invite you to go follow us on Instagram at the Moments of Joy podcast and go back into the archives and experience some of the powerful testimonies that we've had on the show. One of our most popular guests is Deani Edwards, and she shares her powerful life with you, uh, what she has been through from the age of four years old. And it just leaves you just in awe of how God could transform someone's life, how he can take your pain and form it into such beauty, just like a diamond in the rough. And so welcome to the show. Today we have a special guest and my MVP listeners, welcome back. If you're there, you know that when we have guests, I don't like to prolong the intro. So today's guest is going to focus on skin, a skin condition called vitiligo. I saw her powerful story on Inside Edition, so she's here to share with us today. Welcome to the show. I need the joy, the joy of the Lord in my heart. I need to make an exchange. Mm-hmm. My day even starts. Let your light shine all through my life. My heart is open and I am ready to receive your joy. Welcome, Denise, to the Moments of Joy podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. Okay, listeners, so this one is a treat. I was just so blessed to come across her story by accident. I was just scrolling down Facebook, and I saw an Inside Edition story, and it was hers. Um, She has such a powerful story, and I wanted her to be on the show today, and she agreed. So here we are. (laughs) So. Yes, you have such a powerful story of just living through um, being diagnosed with vitiligo, and um, I had to reach out, and so thank you for agreeing to be with us today. And I so appreciate it, because I do, I love reaching others and changing their lives. It makes a, it makes a big difference, that's and okay. I said that's a feeling that is indescribable. Mm-hmm. To see somebody else just like I was, just like an onion, and to see their layers come back, yeah. it's, it's amazing. Absolutely. So we are going to just get right into your story. Um, and so I like to start all my guests off in their childhood because it just um, helps us to, um, you know, gradually get to where you are today and give a full picture of who who Denise is. So can you talk to us a little bit about your childhood and what you remember before vitiligo, you know, how you grew up, where you're from? Um, Actually, I reside in um, Anderson, Indiana. Um, I've been here my whole, I've been here my whole life. And as a child before my vitiligo actually started, I tell everybody, it doesn't look like what I've been through. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't look like what I've been through. Um, but my childhood, I did, I did, um, I did do sports, and I did. I used to love to swim. Mm-hmm. But the more I think about my childhood, my childhood, it was, it was really a lot of violence in my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, from a, my my dad household, it was always a fight every two or three days. And then at my mom's household, it was always a fight about every two or three days. Mm. So I, I be telling myself, I just thank God that I learned right from wrong because I had to learn mm-hmm. that solving problems, you can talk things out. The only way I've always seen problems solved has always been with, with, with hands. Yeah. yeah. So, 
So, and that's why I said the more that I do think about my, even my vitiligo, sometimes I'll be thinking maybe that's the reason why my my vitiligo did come out because of all the, the trauma of growing up the way that I did. Wow. I, wow. I think about a lot of reasons that can cause vitiligo to end mm -hmm. up starting. Because, of course, 70% um, of the population do carry the gene for a vitiligo and don't know it. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know so, that was a gene. Yeah. So I do, as far as, like I said, um, I grew up like that. But I still was, I still love to play with my friends. I remember just, you know, getting up, getting dressed, and you going out to, you going out to swim, and I'm happy. Everybody's happy. Everybody's in the pool. You're slamming each other, and whatever that's going on. I remember all that. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, it's very, it's very vivid in my mind. And then it was just, I, actually, I was playing. Um, I was on a baseball team. Mm -hmm. So this was actually the first time that I had ever even seen vitiligo. Mm -hmm. Our coach had it, oh. and you know, in the, you know, in that era, you know, you don't ask no questions. If you ask any right. questions, <laughs> you know, you don't get beat down. So yeah. it was like when I seen him, I did. I wanted to know mm -hmm. what was wrong with him. I really did. But I said, I think in the inside too, I felt sorry for him. Yeah. Like I said, I did ask. And then it was like that next following year. Mm. I had and uh, I had I'm still back on the um on the baseball team, but I had it around my my fingertips. Just uh -huh. one of them. Uh -huh. But I still didn't think nothing I didn't think nothing about it because I was thinking how thin it was, you know, maybe it, it was a scab or something. Right. That's, uh, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. But then the more that it started it started going to my other fingers and then that's when I brought it to attention to my um parents. Mm -hmm. And so they did they took me, um, they set up an appointment for me to go to the dermatologist mm -hmm. and it was just like there really if you have vitiligo, there really is no need to even go to a dermatologist. Because it's kind of like a waste of time because the only thing that they're going to tell you, they really don't even have to touch you or anything. Right. They just want to look at it and tell you, yeah, you have vitiligo. You know, um, something funny, my son is 12 years old and last year we noticed this little white patch around his eye. I mean, mm -hmm. it was like it's half of a dime size and his eyelash started turning white. And yeah. uh, we brought him to doctors, and they said, yep, that's vitiligo. It hasn't spread or anything yet, but he has that one patch. But you know what? It may not spread. Mm -hmm. I do know people that it, they might just get that spot. Okay. And it might just stay, it might just stay there. Or okay. it could be... Or, or it, it may go away. You just, you never have, you never know what vitiligo. I don't oh. that vitiligo has a mind of its own. Because wow. even some doctors now that attend, even our, like our World Vitiligo Day, mm -hmm. stuff, they be so amazed because people always think when you lose your color that mm -hmm. it stays gone. And right. that's honestly, that's what I thought. Like I said, me having a vitiligo for 32 years, I didn't heard, heard stories from my vitiligo friends. Mm -hmm. They're telling me about their skin colors going back and forth. And I'm looking like, I ain't never seen that. Wow. <laughs> you know, that was, that was weird. Yeah. So it's like now that I came out my makeup, and I said, I do, I believe that it has a lot to do with the sun. Because wow. me just coming out and my face actually getting sunburned. Oh my God, the sunburn is real. Wow. It is really real. So, so it was like um, I got hurt. So yeah. sorry, I'm sorry. Let's backtrack a little bit and let's go okay. to to you know you you find out that you have vitiligo and your parents brought you to the doctors and then like how does life start to change and how quickly does it spread? Okay. 
My life started to change so quick. It seemed like it changed overnight because I did I didn't wonder why God did this to me. That was my biggest question for I say from my childhood all the way still through my teenage years. It was always why God? Why did you pick me to handle this burden? And I know I cannot handle this. This is tearing me up. Mm. So I was like in fifth grade fourth or fifth grade. Um, my friends, my, actually my friends that I actually had that were really my friends, they were, they were there. They didn't look at me no different. Mm-hmm. But uh, my first changing is when I went to the Southside Complex pool and I got on the diving board. And when I got on the diving board, it was this young man that was behind me. And he was just like, yelling at my, what's wrong with your feet? What's wrong with your feet? Look at her feet. And in that moment, I said, I felt like everything at the pool went quiet. Mm. And of course, I didn't bag off the diving board. I'm, I'm at the end. So I did. I went ahead and jumped off. But I couldn't wait to get out that water. And of course, I am crying. But if you're in the water, you can't tell if somebody's crying or not. Right. But that day, that day right there, that changed my whole life. Mm-hmm. I knew, I knew that I was different. Right. The way that people looked at me, it was just like, I felt like a deer with headlights on them. Yeah. And, and which I do still see that guy. I do actually want to say something to him. Mm-hmm. But I said, I wonder if he would even remember what he did to me. But from that day, he changed my whole world. Mm. And just being in school when it did come time for um, swimming. Right. The very first time, of course, we still was in um, elementary and they took us to another school to swim. Um, I lied then. I just told them that, you know, that I was on my menstrual cycle. Right. And that got me through that got me through that day. Mm-hmm. But then here comes junior high. Junior mm-hmm. high, you definitely have to swim. Mm. And and at that time, too, in fifth grade, I'm already wearing Dermablend makeup. My dad and him mm. went and purchased that for me. Oh. So I'm already covering that. Yeah, I'm already covering that. It went, my vitiligo went fast as on my my feet, my mm. hands, mm-hmm. and it started in, around my mouth. Okay. Those were the very first spots. I think my already in junior high, I was already covering I was covering my hands already. Wow. With um with makeup. And mm-hmm. then as far as with my face, like I said, it was like really around my eye. It started around my eyes and my lips. So I would use another different type of derma blend, um, that I was purchasing, I would put on my face for that. And then as far as my feet, when I still was younger, I did um end up trying to cover my feet with <laughs> with derma blend makeup. But mm-hmm. At that time, you know, everybody loves wearing jellies and jellies yeah. and German makeup. It don't it don't work right when it's hot outside. Right. So it, that was nothing but a mess anyway. So mm-hmm. from then, I wore tennis shoes. Actually, mm-hmm. I wore tennis shoes up until the age of twenty-seven. No one wow. had ever even got tennis shoes on my feet. Wow. So, wow, that's a long time. It is. And as far as with my hands, I covered my hands up until the age of 24. And that's when I finally revealed them. But through junior high, mm-hmm. it was, it was, I, I always felt out of place. Mm-hmm. And I feel like vitiligo, it also, it, it stresses your ability to be able to learn. Okay. I couldn't concentrate. I couldn't concentrate in school trying to learn. I said I was too focused on my makeup, rubbing off. My makeup was always on my homework. It was on my school books. And my makeup would be on my clothes. And then I definitely didn't want to touch other people to get makeup on their clothes. Right. It was, it was, it was so stressful. And then for me to be in sports, I loved running track. Mm-hmm. And I felt I should have been the next slow Joe. My dad and them wow. were so, so upset with me, but they never, 
the type of family, like I said, I come from, you're strong. Right. You know, you can do any, you can do anything. Mm-hmm. But my little Liza was just something that I could not, I could not do. So it would be like if we had practices five days a week, you were, if you got me two days out the week, you're, you done did awesome. Yeah. And I'm, my dad would be so upset with me to the point I remember one day he did my he's never called me out my name but this particular day that he did I mean it crushed my feelings and so bad but I'm just like you don't understand you you're not getting it you're not you're not you're not even listening to me because this, I would be right out there on that field and you know I'm trying to keep my hands even from fingers from even touching each other because of the sweat and everything so I'm trying to keep them spread it and it's hard and then some of my makeup still would come off and when my makeup would come off it that would send me into anxiety yeah. that I would feel I'm just like this, this, it has to hurry up please hurry up just have to hurry up and get over my makeup is coming off somebody is getting ready to see me it was it was so frustrating Mm, wow. and, I can't imagine living in that every single day. I can't. Exactly. And I said, there's things that I recall, though like, I don't recall that my friends even tell me that I did. I guess we was at, we was at my web particular me and my makeup did come off. And I told my friend, I said, hurry, I just come over here. And even while the track thing was going, but we lived like around the corner. I did. She ran with me. I ran home to hurry up and put makeup like on the side of my fingers wow. and yeah and ran back i said people just do not know the trauma that vitiligo can do to people there's as i said there's so many things i didn't did i didn't even realize that i did until my friends actually bring it back up and a lot of things they tell me i'd be like did i really do that wow i i don't i don't remember mm-hmm mm-hmm Wow. That that so when you when you get into high school now, how does it affect like um dating or or your crushes that you may have had cuz that that probably was very hard, huh? You know what? I think before I even actually even got in high school, you know as a little girl period, mm-hmm. you always you always think about your your black knight or your prince or is going to carry you on off until the sunset. Yeah. I had, I thought that, but then eventually when I did get my bit of life, I was like, that's just not, that's just not going to happen. Mm. Nobody's going to end up loving me. I thought, I, I thought it was ugly to me. Mm-hmm. It was, it was ugly. This was something foreign that's happened to my body. I don't see no type of beauty in this. Mm. And then, and I would see my girlfriends and stuff. They would have like little boyfriends and stuff like that. But wasn't nobody talking to me like that. Yeah. So, but I said, I don't know. It it could have been also with vitiligo. You do. It changes your, your whole attitude and your demeanor mm-hmm. too. I mm-hmm. feel like I, I was always more on a defense level. Right. Than anything. Mm-hmm. And and actually, I I did find I did find love um, in my eighth grade year, mm-hmm. and which was my oldest son's father. But mm-hmm. I said I think it had that maybe a lot to do with his background because they are some church people, mm-hmm. and and he it was like he loved me from the very beginning. Aww. He didn't see. Yeah, he didn't see my uh, my vitiligo, mm-hmm. but I know that I made his world different too. And he never he never was upset about anything that I did because it would be like he, his family is huge. Mm-hmm. So it was like even with my family from the age of thirteen until I was nineteen, I never spent my birthday, any type of holiday or anything with my family. Oh, I was wow. with his family. Wow. I was with his family. And like they it was a whole different feel. Mm-hmm. They were really but 
even if they had, if we had a food event, I would, I would get my food and stuff, but I would never eat around people. I would actually go in the other room mm-hmm. and he still would come, he still would come in the other room and eat with me. Oh. And just me around people, it would make, I would, I would clam up. Yeah. I didn't want, I didn't want to be around people because I know they're going to, even though I had my hands and stuff covered with makeup, you can still see the difference between the color of my arm and my hand. Right. And, and of course, the bottom part of my hands, you know, they're completely white. So, right. you know, I, you're going to eventually notice something that's not mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so did you notice that they, his family didn't really pay the vitiligo any mind? They didn't, but they never seen, they never seen my face either. Right. Um, right. No one never seen my face. I think even far as with my family, they barely even seen my face. The first thing mm. that I would do would be definitely putting my makeup on my face. Mm. That's the first thing I'm going to do before anybody. In, in my hand. Whose decision was it to buy you the makeup in the first place? My parents. Okay. They went and bought the makeup. And, and I do what I say. I tell myself now, I wish mm-hmm. when I first got it, I wish that they wouldn't have did that. Because mm-hmm. maybe, maybe I would have learned to accept myself sooner. Right. Because my makeup was my drug. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have my makeup, wasn't nothing going to be going on. I'm not going. I'm not going to go to school. Yeah, I'm not going. I'm not going to work. Mm-hmm. Not until I get. Not until that store open up mm-hmm. and I get my makeup. And after I get my makeup, I'll be there then. But until yeah. then, nothing's going to move. Mm. Wow, that's so. That's so. It like it keeps you captive. But I, but I could see that, you know, you're like, uh-uh, I'm not going nowhere without this. Were there times where you didn't go to school or work because of it? Yeah, I was late a couple times to work. Yeah. Because my makeup is, wasn't in the same city that I live in. Either. Oh, wow. So I would, yeah, I would have to drive to Indianapolis, which is probably like 45 minutes to an hour, depending on if they had my makeup at their store because if they didn't have it, I'll have to drive to another store to try to find it, another mall. Yeah. Wow. And it was only a certain kind. Why did you use that certain kind? At that time, it was only Dermablend um, that they had out far for vitiligo. Oh, and okay. I done went through so many different makeups. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is crazy. I started out on Dermablend with um my color went out of derma blend so then i went to i tried fashion fair mm-hmm. and i did wear fashion fair for a while but fashion fair definitely made me look my face and everything i used to be looking so greasy <laughs> 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 so from fashion fair i went to clinique from okay. clinique i went to posner from posner i went to um I went to, um, yeah, after Tosser, I went to MAC, and I love MAC. That that helped a whole lot, the MAC um, powder. And then they had got rid of my colors. So my last Mm -hmm. makeup that I was just wearing, I would get Amazing Concealer, and I would put that on my white part. Mm -hmm. And after I put that on my white part, I would use my Bare Minerals, and Mm -hmm. then I would finish everything off with my Bare Minerals, and this then part of statement, I would just use regular baby powder, but it would have to be without the cornstarch. Oh, it was just wow. something with, if you use cornstarch with it, it's just something about the make, it would make the makeup flake up. Oh, so okay. I do try to tell people, no matter what type of makeup you have, instead of buying that the translucent powder that they have, you don't have to do that. That's just something that they charge me extra to get. Right. I've been okay. through my whole life with baby powder covering my hands, half of my little half of my arm, my face. Mm-hmm. It's always mm-hmm. been regular baby powder. Wow.
So let's talk about, um, you, you said you had, do you have children or do you just have one son? Actually, I have three children. Okay. So how was, how is that explaining um, your skin condition to your children? I mean, children, of course, you're their mothers. So they probably could care absolutely less <laughs> that you have something going on with their skin. I, I tell you what, mom, my kids are five years apart, but I know when I did get pregnant with my first son, mm-hmm. I knew, I could always, I kept telling myself, I said, he's going to love me. Because mm-hmm. I'm his mom. Mm-hmm. And this is the way that he he's going to see me, mm-hmm. and that's the only thing that he's going to know. And he's mine. He's not going to look at me no different. Mm-hmm. So with him, he did. He loved me completely. But I feel like with my first son, I feel like I failed him in a lot of ways too. Once he actually got into school, because. Mm-hmm. My vitiligo already, it didn't already have me before you even came along. I was already in the vitiligo hand. My, mm-hmm. It was already, that lid is damaged. It was still doing damage. So it was like when it came to his sporting events and teacher conferences, I was not going there. I, I was not. But like I said, he had an awesome father that mm-hmm. he stood, he did, he stood in for me. Mm-hmm. And with with him, I thought my oldest son, I thought that he understood, but the more that we actually have talked about my vitiligo, that it also hurted him too, because he felt like in a lot of ways I wasn't there. So that really hurt my feelings because I thought that he, I thought that he did understand. Mm-hmm. So it left me it left me in a lot of tears. Yeah. That I finally, that, you know, that I talk about today. And then here comes my, my other children. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they love, they love me still completely too. But I still, with my middle son, I still was in the same predicament that I still was with my first son. Right. He I still wasn't able to prosper and push him and be behind him like I, I should have been. So I feel like he definitely, he struggles more than anything mm-hmm. because I was, you know, my last two children, they are by my, um, my husband, which he's deceased now. Okay. But I feel like I didn't have, I definitely didn't have the same support system with my his father, my my last two fathers. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have the same support that I had for with my oldest son, father. Okay, okay. My, my so it was like I'm already jacked up with my vitiligo, but my or my deceased husband, however, um, to put it, he was more of a. He was, he was a fine man. He was, he was the one, the basketball star in school and mm-hmm. everybody knew him and all the ladies loved him. And mm-hmm. so I think with him, he definitely was the one that actually really, really, really broke my spirit. Mm. Even though, even though, um, just to back up too, from even like my childhood, me just having a bit of life. I said my parents didn't even know or anything, but I used to be a cutter. I mm-hmm. did. I used to cut my arm. Wow. And everything. But I said they never knew because I would always have long, long sleeves. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, yeah. and then as far as in my teenage years, before I actually even did have my oldest son, here comes suicide again. It mm-hmm. creeped in again. So at that time, I did. I took a, I took a whole lot of pills, and I just said mm-hmm. I just wanted to. I just didn't want to live no more. I didn't want to look like this no more. I didn't want people looking at me. I just wanted to, to be over. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, like I said, his he, my son, he's just a special type of guy. It yeah. was just like he just showed up. He showed up when he was supposed to show up. And he knew something was wrong. 
excuse me, he knew something was wrong with me. So he ended up giving me some ginger ale to drink. Mm. And if anybody, if anybody ever do overdose and they have took a lot of pills, if you have ginger ale, I don't know mm-hmm. what's in ginger ale, but mm-hmm. so when they get in contact with aspirin, the first thing that it makes you do, you're you're going to vomit. Oh, you're going to vomit all your lungs out. Mm-hmm. And the thing of this too, I was at home when I did this, and my mother, she was right in the living room. And so, like I said, we were we were raised different. Mostly, I did mm-hmm. spend my time in my room. That's mm-hmm. where we ate at. We never sat at the table and ate as a family. So mm-hmm. if I would have died in her room, she wouldn't have knew until she mm-hmm. actually would have been wondering why I never came, wasn't coming out of my room. That's when she mm-hmm. would have figured it out. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Father, he helped me. He saved me that day. And yeah. he, never, he never told my secret at all. My secret, as far as doing that, didn't get revealed <laughs> until me actually coming out my coming out my makeup and me finally mm-hmm. just learning who I am. And just yeah. trying to free myself from everything that I've been through. That's so, amazing. So let's let's talk a, a little bit about that. Let's talk a little bit about your coming out and what was that moment like in um and how has it been? That moment of coming out of my makeup. Yeah. Oh, it, 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 I was nervous. I was really nervous <laughs> because I had already I was already thinking about it. For the simple fact, my makeup was running out so fast, mm. and it was just like, you know, I'm spending almost ninety dollars, ninety to one hundred dollars, probably like every three and a half weeks, getting all my makeup that I do need for it. So it's it was like my makeup when I first started out, my makeup would last me probably three, about well, three months, mm-hmm. three or four months. And then all of a sudden, my makeup lasted me two months. Now I'm down to one month. Now mm-hmm. I'm down to three weeks. Now mm-hmm. it's been like I'm just every two weeks. So I'm already, I'm like, oh, my gosh. I said, what am I going to do? I said, I got, I got to feed my kids. Mm-hmm. And, but I need my makeup, too. So I mean, it, was, it was such a struggle between mm-hmm. that. And I said, it shouldn't have, I know that it shouldn't have to be a struggle. Your kids should come first and mm-hmm. that we eat and everything. But if I don't get my makeup, how I'm going to go to work to function to feed them. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about that as well. So I am in a group called Fifthly and Wonderfully May. Mm-hmm. I thank God. I thank God for them mm-hmm. uh, as well. Yeah. So it was like uh, this particular day we had a meeting and I wasn't able to attend. But the little girl came to our group named Bethany mm-hmm. and Denise, the president of our group, she was like, um, she was like, you know, you, you have to end up, you know, talking to the other Denise and see how everything, how, how it went with her as mm-hmm. a child. Because nobody mm-hmm. in our group hasn't been, wasn't a child as far as happens in a life of. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so they call me on the we on we're on the phone and I of course we on the video chat uh-huh. through the um through our um, meeting and they tell me how you know Bethany she's not she's not seeing herself she's not seeing her beauty she's not want to excel in school and everything is bothering her mm-hmm. and it was just that moment it was just like a rewind in my brain. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I said, oh, my gosh. I said, I do not want nobody to feel the way I did as a child with my vitiligo. Mm-hmm. And I said, Denise and y'all, I said, give me a few minutes. I said, I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. And they was like, okay. So I just immediately, I just went in the bathroom and I washed my, washed my face off. And when I came back to the phone, they were like, no way. No one's ever seen Denise's face. She's the first, this is the first time anybody has ever looked at her face or been able to see it. Because mm. I think I would clam up. Um, you're not going to see my face at all, period. So even like when my kids would have ki- um, children stay all night, oh, I used to dread that when they used to ask for somebody to stay all night. 
Right. Like, he's gonna be like, no, I don't want him to. But then I'm like, they're kids. They're yeah. kids, so they deserve to, you know, have their childhood. Right. So I would let I would let their friends stay all night. But when it came to nighttime, or if I wanted to go ahead and go in my room about seven or eight o'clock, I would I would get my snacks. Well, whatever I'm drinking for that night, I'd make sure that I had enough of that in my room. So I wouldn't come back out of my room until the next morning or mm-hmm. if or, or they were in their room and I knew that they were asleep and I would go in there and use the bathroom and everything and then come back in there. But before they even woke up, I would already be back in my makeup. Breakfast would already be cooking. So it's been a, it's been a long process. Mm. Yes. Wow. But me just showing um showing my face to Daphne, mm-hmm. I'm saying it changed her whole world. And I think that right there, that changed me as well. It made me feel so good to see her just be normal again. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't think that I didn't think by me just doing that, that would end up helping someone else. That's right. the last thing that I thought. And mm-hmm. from me just doing that with her, um, let me see, I didn't put my makeup back on, but I ended up having to go. Um, I actually, I had already been telling people, period, too, through our neighborhood and people that I knew that I did have vitiligo on my face as well, too. So this kind of like, it all ties hand in hand. So I said, I know this had to be God. But even me just telling people before I actually did reveal my face, did nobody believe that my skin was even like this. They would get so close to my face and be like, well, where does it start at? Right. And I said, this my whole face, my whole center of my face is white. They'd be like, you can't even tell where your makeup start at wow. or anything Mm-hmm. But I said, you have to realize if you put makeup on for 32 years, you cannot oh, do nothing that perfected. Wow. So, I, I was good at it. I was yeah. good at putting my makeup on. And yeah. it got to the point, even if they were out of my makeup and I had to just find some makeup, I got to the point that I was so good that I would mix colors. Mm. And I'm wow. like, I'm going to get the color that I do need, no matter what. I'm going to figure mm. out something. Right. So, wow. like I say, anything that you're trying to conceal and hide, I can do that. Wow. I, I can do that very well. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so from, just from that moment on, you chose not to wear any makeup? Yeah, from that moment, I didn't. I, I quit wearing makeup. So then, that's when I just went ahead and came out on Facebook. Uh huh. And uh-huh. and really, Facebook almost put me back in my makeup. Mm. It was a particular. It was a particular girl because I said I really. The only bullying that I got really is from the pool growing up mm-hmm. and everything. Because after that, I I hit it. Yeah. And wow. Yeah, so it was just like, it was just like me um, coming out on Facebook. It was a particular girl out of nowhere, don't know her or anything. She took my picture and and put it on a site. Mm -hmm. And they were, she was trying to get people to drag me. Of course, there were some bad bad comments, Mm -hmm. but there was two females that were on there. Mm -hmm. And she told, they, they inboxed me. And, you know, told me about it, but they were mm-hmm. like, you know, people, they stood up for me mm-hmm. and everything. But the thing of there's a girl that took my photo. She had even friended me. And wow. so she really wasn't my, she wasn't no friend or no support or right. support trying to help me. Right. She was just being, hurt me more than anything. So I did delete her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And from her just doing that. That almost made me want to go back in my makeup. I was just like, I can't, I cannot handle this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no. But then I got to thinking. I said, if I go back in my makeup, I said, that's a, that's like me. I'm selling Bethany, and then mm-hmm. I said, I'm selling myself. I said, she's going to have control over me. Wow. And then I'm 
Like I said, there's no way I'm going to let this girl control my life. I said, there's no way I'm going to go back in my makeup. And I didn't. I didn't go back in my makeup. And I thank God that I didn't. And for me, just coming out on, yeah, and then me just coming out on Facebook, too, it was just like photographers, they start contacting me out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, it was crazy. I was like, what have I did? What <laughs> did I do? So, but, but all in that thing, actually, it made me so happy too, because I said, before I even developed my vitiligo, I wanted to model wow. and do the runway, period. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was just like, you know, after I'm, I'm taking these pictures, Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, and I'm looking at them, and I'm like, oh, I, I do. I look beautiful. Yeah. I, I do look pretty. <laughs> but I couldn't see, I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. I didn't see none of that. I'm just like something that I hated. I hated vitiligo. Yeah. And and I, now I can actually say that I do love my vitiligo. And I said, mm-hmm. it seems so weird. I said, Cause I would never have spoke them words. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And I Helping to free and that little girl. Sure. The little girl in you. <laughs> yes, he is so he is so awesome, Bethany. She's she mm-hmm. lives in New York now. Yeah. And she does amazing. I said she just don't know how much that she changed me as a person mm-hmm. all in the same aspect. Wow. Because I feel like even the the young kids that have vitiligo, when we do rally, need just meeting them. Mm-hmm. They are not the child that I was as I was growing up. I see so many of them with so much confidence and just mm-hmm. outgoing. And even though that I am grown, I still be like, I wish I could have been like them as a child growing up. Yeah. And it's completely different too when somebody has a support system mm-hmm. and they actually understand understand they are completely opposite of how I was. Right. Right. It's amazing. Um so so before we wrap up, I want you to just give a, a special message to anyone that may be struggling with vitiligo or covering up or any young person who, because this show is not just in the United States, I have listeners from everywhere, Bermuda, Ireland, Mexico, you know, all over the world. So people all over the world will be listening. And what empowerment do you have to give to the vitiligo community? I hate what, I will first, I would like to give that people know that vitiligo is not contagious. It's not gonna it's not gonna rub off on you, it's not gonna hurt you or anything. If you see somebody with vitiligo, just ask them how they're feeling. And even though if they tell you they're okay, ask them again. Really your insight, how how are you feeling? Because that's the side that that's tore up. Right. <laughs> It's broken the inside. You don't know exactly what a person is thinking in their mind. So you I, you have to go deeper. And if there's other little kids that have vitiligo, make sure the other little kids let them know that they're okay and play with them and, and accept them for who they are. Because we can't do nothing about our skin. You can change. You can change the color of your eyes with contacts. You can lose weight. You can do all that, but with a bit of life, there's nothing that we can do to change it. Mm-hmm. If it once it's here, it's here. Mm-hmm. And the ones that do have vitiligo, I I hope that they look for a support groups. Mm-hmm. There are a support groups, so many of us that's around the world. It's about who you know, and if you if you know me, I didn't I didn't contact. Um, contacted, been in connection with so many people that they didn't even know they had groups in their own city. Or mm-hmm. say you don't have groups in your city, we are willing to help you start out your own group because there's so many out there that do need help. So you have to, you, and then actually look at your, 
people that have vitiligo really look at this stuff in the mirror. That was my that was my biggest thing that I started doing. I said there's so many things about my body that I didn't know nothing about. You had the more that you look at your body, you will start seeing different designs on your body. So it's very intriguing. <laughs> it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. And you just don't know, even though, you know, I have the heart on my face. I didn't even know I even had a heart on my face until someone even told me. Wow. And they were like, they were like, do you know you have a heart on your face? And I was kind of like, no, nah, ain't no heart on my face. <laughs> so when I looked, I was like, oh, my God. I said, I do have a heart on my face. Wow. But I be thinking, in my opinion, mm-hmm. I said, I think the heart inside my body, I said, I think that it took so much pain. Wow. And I said, I feel like God put this heart on my face mm-hmm. for me to share with other people because there's so many people that have seen my heart on my face. And I'm like, I don't wash my face every day. And wow. I never see it on my face. And that's what I knew. And that's what I knew that I never looked at myself either. Right. And I said, I guess I didn't. I didn't know myself then. Mm-hmm. But now I feel, I look at every every mark that's on me. Right. So you do. They just need to make sure that you learn to love yourself. Yeah. And if you can talk about your vitiligo, um, talk about your vitiligo, um, because you never know. There could be somebody that's in front of you that do have makeup on and actually does have vitiligo. That mm-hmm. needs that extra that extra push Absolutely. to go ahead and come out because in numbers in numbers it's power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is being around somebody else that has vitiligo. You gain so much confidence. Yes, it brings you it brings you up, and just seeing others that are like you that start doing more things, it sets a fire. It sets, it sets me on fire inside, so it makes me want to keep finding other people that are living their life, they're hiding inside they have. It's, it's mm-hmm. the world, the life is too short, and I feel like we deserve, we deserve to sit at that table too. I don't want to, I don't want to be in the background no more. I don't want nobody else to be in the background. It's time for us to pull that chair up at that table and take a seat with everybody else. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we can do, yeah, we can do, we can do everything that anybody else can do. We just have to do that extra precaution of the sun that, mm-hmm. you know, affects us. We have to do that extra step. Mm-hmm. But, yes, I want everybody, please, please live your life to the best that you can. Because everything that you do, of course, you're going to be nervous anything that you do for the first time. But I promise you, I promise you, that first time that you do it, it's going to feel so good to your soul. Yeah. The second time, the second time you still might be nervous. And the third time, by that fourth time, you're going to be like, I done accomplished this, and I done accomplished that. You're going to keep going. You're going to want to keep going because that fire has been lit. You done seen that you can do it. Yeah. You're gonna keep going. Absolutely. You're gonna keep going. You'll conquer they will you will conquer that fear mm-hmm. and that insecurity. Like I said now, I said it seems so weird too. Because when I'm some places and stuff, some of my friends be like, You can't even tell, you know, that you don't even have no makeup on. You don't act the way that you used to do in stores. And, oh. and it's, it's just so weird because everything turns around so fast too. Mm-hmm. So that's wow. like wow. I walk in the store, my head is up. Yes. And I'm, yes. you looking at me, I'm looking at you, and I'm kind of almost thinking, what's you looking at? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Yes, I want everybody to end up gain that confidence. Yes. Do whatever you need to do. Mm-hmm. Like I said, and like I said, we do rally. We rally every year. The first year we rallied in Washington, D.C. on the Capitol, and it was like 400 of us there together. So it was so amazing. 
-hmm. and we were able to talk to the senator mm -hmm. um, to try to bring awareness and funding for Vitiligo. Mm -hmm. Then the next year we were in Detroit, and then from Detroit we went to um, Boston, wow. and we're trying to get to the Boston one. And then uh -huh. from Boston this year we were in Houston, Texas. Yeah, and, I can't wait to move to the <laughs> yeah. I was like, yay! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know the sun can get that hot like in Houston. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Denise, and, I thank you so much uh, for coming on the show today. How can people get in touch yeah. with you if they want to reach out to you? Um. Actually, you can find me on. I'm either I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, and I'm on Twitter. Um, on Facebook, you can find me under Denise Sawyer Chamberlain, and with really all my accounts is that is underneath that. But on Instagram, you can um, look up Denise is loving herself first, and you can find me on there. And you guys, if you have vitiligo, I tell everybody if you have vitiligo and you need me. You can call me straight through my messenger. Mm -hmm. It does not bother me at all because I will pick that. Mm -hmm. Or you can inbox me. Because I know some people, you know, some people do want to start in inboxing. Some people just still have some insecurities. Mm -hmm. But if you, feel, if you feel you need me, call me. Call me and I'm there. That is beautiful. I thank you so much. I am going to post the... Um, links to all your social media handles so that people can find you and thank you so much again Denise for coming on and just telling us your story and empowering um, people and giving awareness um, about vitiligo I really appreciate it you are so welcome I'm glad um, you gave me the opportunity to reach out to others and you, as you can tell it's you have to keep. You have to stop me from talking because I'll keep on going and going and going. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> yep. Alrighty. Um, well, you take care. Okay. You too. All right. Okay. Have a blessed day. Wow! What a beautiful story. What a beautiful life. I hope you all were blessed by just listening to her life. Many times I bring guests on the show and I'm blessed and I'm blown away by how God uses them throughout their life and how he takes their pain to help bring somebody else through. And I know that there's someone listening around the world that will be impacted by this story and not just this one, but all the many others that we have on this show. Next week, guys, I will not be hosting you. I have a guest host. Her name is Sana Latrice, and she will be um, managing the show. And we'll see what wonderful topic she has to speak with you guys about. All right. So wish me good luck, good prayers on my journey. We are traveling to Texas this week. So love you all. My heart is open and I am ready to receive your joy.